These things are true. The world is dark, and we are alive. Hello, and welcome to My First Dungeon, the tabletop role-playing podcast where we put first-time game masters through their paces as we build and run their very first one-shot, and then circle back around to discuss what went right, what went wrong, and how we can make our games even better. This season, we are delving deep into darkness to try and find hope in the tragic horror game Ten Candles by Stephen Dewey, produced by Calvary Games. Ten Candles is a zero-prep game designed for one-shots for three to six players. It is played by the light of just ten tea candles. When only one candle remains, the game enters its final scene in which all of the characters will meet their end. In this game, death is certain. All you can do is keep moving and try not to lose hope. My name, as ever, is Brian Flaherty, and I'm going to be the host, but our Dungeon Master for today is going to be a very familiar voice to anyone who's listened to this podcast. He is a game designer of such games as Abominations and Something is Wrong with the Chickens. You've heard him here playing Something is Wrong with the Chickens and Wander Home. It is Elliot Davis. Hey, Brian, good to be here in person for the yeah. first time in a recording, which is great. We love it. We love playing in person. This is the game we got to play in person. We got the 10T candles set up. We've got one light on, soon to be extinguished once we light these candles. And joining us also today are two familiar voices. You will recognize him from our games of Wander Home, from our games of Something is Wrong with the Chickens, and from the 20-Sided Podcast, where he plays Yaksha Ra. It is Chinook Tessera. How's it going, man? Uh-oh, it's Chinook time! <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, we found the tone. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me, Brian. It's great to be back. I'm excited and ready to be spooked. It's going to be real spooky, real creepy. And last but not least, we have one more player who I'm sure you'll recognize if you've listened to any of these shows. You've heard her on our first season playing Dungeons and Dragons, playing Wander Home, playing Something is Wrong with the Chickens, and in our second season of 20-Sided Podcast, playing Natasha Bolshevik. Bolshevikat. Play, <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long. And from our second season of 20-Sided Podcast, playing Natasha Bolshevikat, it is Abby Hepworth. Hello. Natasha Big Cat. That's yes. Good. <laughs> um, I know I really like that the weather today has been really, really creepy for helping to set the mood for everything. Very creepy. There's a weird like red orange sunset. It was rainy all day and then it was rain and a pop. Uh, yeah, red and apocalyptic. And it feels, it feels just about right. Yeah. Now that we've introduced everybody, I think it's time to turn it over entirely to Elliot to get this game started. Before we get into all the spooky, scary skeletons of this game, I wanted to talk a little bit about safety tools. So Mm -hmm. for those who can't see the table, I've laid out a few various safety tools for our players. On either side of the table, you'll see a little paper with a very neat X on the side. These are X cards, which you may be familiar with. If at any point while we're playing, somebody says something you're uncomfortable with that crosses a line in a way you don't like, simply grab that, hold it up, stop, nix whatever we were talking about, move on, rewrite if we need to. That makes sense? Cool. Cool. Absolutely. Awesome. Up here, I've got uh, uh, the safety tool that Stephen was telling us about in episode one. So this is script change. These are just a reminder of the things you can do when it comes to script change. We have pause and play. So if something is happening and you want to just pause, take a beat, talk about it, and like maybe reassess, that's fine. Um, and then quick commands, you can be rewind, where we undo whatever was just said, 
go back a, a few seconds in game and uh, and change what happened. Or fast forward if somebody's talking about something that's like a little graphic, you don't want to hear the details <laughs> of. It's like let's just let's just get like the the gist, but not the gritty details. So feel free to call for any of those tools. I also have cards where you can write specific lines and veils. If you have specific no-no topics, mm-hmm. feel free to, while we're doing setup, grab one of those and write those. Or just tell me if you're comfortable speaking aloud. I know everybody here knows each other pretty mm-hmm. well. So mm-hmm. if there are any of those, um, please let me know. And for those who don't know, lines are things that you don't want talked about at all. Mm-hmm. And veils are things that you want talked about only at a surface level. So like for me, I'd say like a line is sexual violence. Yeah. Not into including it in games, you know, not really in any capacity. But a veil might be like violence against children where it's like, I'm okay if it's in a game, but I don't really want us to get like real graphic about it, you know? Totally. So, yeah. Any safety thoughts, questions, feelings? Um, a veil for me, I guess, in the, along the same ni- lines would be um, violence against animals. Cool. Where it's like, again, I recognize it's part of the world, but uh, we don't need to talk about it in detail. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I feel good with that. Cool. Yeah. Now that we have our safety established, oh my God. let's dive right in. So first, I'd like to read you a little reminder that the book says to tell your players early and remind them often. Your characters will die. The story we're going to tell today is not one of survival, but one of hope and of loss. This is a story about what happens in the dark and the final few hours in the lives of a group of survivors fighting against it, losing themselves within it and inevitably being consumed by it. Though their endeavor may be doomed to fail, it is our duty to make the story of their struggle as meaningful as possible. All that to say that you guys will die at the end of this game. Your characters will ultimately meet a tragic end. Um, That is not to say that you shouldn't be rooting for your characters throughout play. You'll want to, but you'll also be rooting for a good story. We're really here to tell a good story so you can introduce things that will hurt your character and torture them as you go uh, in order to tell a great story. So just a reminder that you're not trying to win this game. You're just trying to tell a, a fun horror story. Let's dive right in with character creation. So our first step is writing traits. And we'll start by lighting the first three candles. All right. So everybody has... A few index cards in front of them. So the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to write what are called traits. So everybody is going to write two different traits on these index cards. You're going to write a virtue and you're going to write a vice. And so for a virtue, these would be things like lucky or caring or you want to keep them vague one or two words and a vice might be something like jealous or temperamental or... They've got some more examples. Yeah, here's some examples of virtues. Lucky, resourceful, watchful, merciful. Examples of vices, afraid, greedy, regretful, addicted, naive, controlling, worrisome. So really what you want to do is make these applicable in a wide variety of situations because when you use your trait, you will make a roll and you will call that you want to make use of your trait and you will re-roll all the ones in order to avoid losing those dice on that roll. And then you weave into the narration how that trait comes into play and you burn it. Keep them vague. Any thoughts, feel free to talk aloud. So one virtue, one vice. One virtue, one vice. And on separate index, index cards, right? Separate index cards, correct. Mm-hmm. 
a virtue and a vice? Mm-hmm. All yes. right. Now, I hope you weren't too attached to them because you will be passing <laughs> your virtue to the player on your right and your vice to the player on your left. And I am not in that rotation. So the next thing we want to do is we want to talk about the module that we're doing tonight, and I'll read you the introductory text. So in the back of the book, our good friend Stephen Dewey gives us a lot of options for modules that we can use, and I wanted to just throw a couple out there to you guys and see which ones you feel good about. So the two that sort of stuck out to me in here, one is The Last Boat. The island resort has turned into a nightmare, so you're on like a isolated island resort and your goal is to get to the Northern Ireland where there is hopefully some people who will help you get away. And then the other one is night studies where you are in a city and you're a group of scientists, researchers, and the muscle to protect them. And you're sort of trying to get to a library or an observatory where you hope to find some kind of answer to what they are. Either of those sticking out at you, or I can check out. Did you say one. for the first one we have to get to Northern Ireland? No, 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 the Northern Ireland. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you said Northern Ireland too, and I was like, <laughs> from our tropical island resort. Yes, like, it's a seafaring a journey. Trek. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, I'm on board. I just finished season three of Dairy, Dairy Girls. Girls. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> love, like, love I Dairy Girls. Sure. Um, I kind of, I like both actually. It's uh, the first one feels very like white lotus, but kind of spooky. Mm. I can do white lotus, but kind of spooky. Yeah, let's do white lotus. But <laughs> I will spooky. say I haven't seen white lotus, so you Neither won't get I. any any white lotus <laughs> <laughs> uh, references. I really wish I had practiced my Jennifer Coolidge more before this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to give us a quick sample of your Jennifer Coolidge? I'm gonna save it for when I feel like it's really pristine. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Abby and I will bring the white lotus to the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay tuned for season three of 20 Side Podcast, where we all play Jennifer Coolidge. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a barn burner. (laughs) We should ask Jennifer Coolidge to come play. God, I would play any game with her. That'd be rad as hell. (laughs) Let's send her an email. Let's let's send her an email. I think she'd be game. Hey, weird request. (laughs) You've been having something of a renaissance. Do you want to come on a D&D podcast? Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. What if she was a huge D&D fan? How she might be, cool honestly. Be? Honestly, it'd be really sick. Yeah. We should do it. I'm going to email her. <laughs> I, think you should, I think you should you email have, her. Do you have her I'll, email? I'll CC everyone. I don't know. I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll find it. I'll find um, a way. Okay, bear with me. Wall of text that I have to read again. So... The module we'll be playing this evening is called The Last Boat. The island resort has turned into a nightmare. The beach sand has turned so thick with blood that not even the tide can wash it away. There aren't many folks left, not since they came. Just the group of you, and from the crackled interference on the radio, it sounds like one other group holed up on the far end of the island at another resort. Maybe some locals farther inland too, who knows. You've sent out call after call for rescue, but only recently did you finally hear a reply. It was all crackle and static, but you were able to make out something about the Coast Guard and the Northern Ireland. It was all crackle and static, but you were able to make out something about the Coast Guard and the Northern Island. The reef's too taxing on boats here, so you'll have to make your way there. Of course, that means finding a boat or swimming a quarter mile of ocean water, not to mention navigating to the northern tip of the island and hoping the folks holed up there haven't already taken the last boat across. The lights are flickering low. It's time to move. 
So step three of our character creation is where we create the concepts around our characters. So next, you guys will want to come up with three things, and you can write this on a separate index card, kind of as a reference. You want to give your character a name. What's their name or what are they called? You want to describe their look. What do they look like at a quick glance? And then finally, just in a few words, who are they? What are they? What do they do? What kind of person are they? Just in a few simple words. Okay. Concepts, they describe them as like a snapshot. So the example is like mid-40s, salt and pepper hair with a long back coat, retired lawyer. Nine-year-old with a bright face and dark eyes, just a kid. So the concept line can be just a few words. The candles are burning. No. (laughs) (laughs) What's the resort you guys are at, you think? What do you think it's called? The Black Dahlia. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I like the Black Dahlia. The Black Dahlia is good. Trying to think of other, somehow all flower names went out of my head. Tulip? I'm like... The Black Rose. The Blush Tulip. (laughs) The Aquamarine Lily. Yes, that one. (laughs) Turquoise. (laughs) All done with a... Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good. Okay, cool. I'm I'm ready. Um, Shanuk, why don't you start us out, introduce us to your character. Fuck! Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Grink. Former pro wrestler, now security guard. I'm tall, big, kind of like an Andre the Giant, and I'm suspicious of all of you. Hell yeah! Uh, hey, I'm uh, I'm Eustace. Um, I'm just a cater waiter here. I don't know how I made it this far. Um, I'm wearing like tucks and tails they're a bit ratty at this point but uh i've got some like kind of long hair i really need a haircut i was just doing this gig to like save money for you know something special and shit went crazy i'm barbara top fourth grade for 57 years and i finally retired and this shit's going down to be frank a little bit dumpy but that's because I've dedicated my life to education, whether or not these kids wanted it. I'm grizzled. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Eustace or Eunice? Eustace. Eustace, got it. Okay, great. Excellent. We have our crew, and now our next task will be creating our moments. For your characters. A moment is a time in play where your character will discover a renewed sense of hope. These should still be somewhat vague, but not as vague as the vices and virtues. So some examples, I will find hope. They all start with, I will find hope in a moment of prayer at a quiet church, when one of them lies dead at my feet, or when the fallout shelter's door closes. So these are just kind of vague moments that may come up in the story where you kind of get to take the spotlight as your character. And if you're successful, when you call out your moment, you earn hope die, which are the red dice that Brian has laid out by your microphones. And so hope die are special kinds of die where they succeed on a five or a six. These red dice are also the chicken dice that Uh, LA gave me for the something wrong with the chicken season. (laughs) Chicken dice. And now I'll light our next three candles. 
So now that we have our traits, our characters, our moments, the final step will be Brinks. Whereas the previous things are kind of who your character are, Brinks are what your character is capable of. And usually it's got somewhat of a negative lilt to it. Doesn't necessarily have to, um, but it's kind of like when all hope is lost, what kind of person are you? And for the Brinks, you're actually writing them about the character to your left. So I'm included in this one. So I will be writing the brink for Barbara. And then, Brian, you have a special job. You'll be writing the brink for them. And the brink can, the only restriction on the brink for them is that it cannot be a weakness of any kind. It can only be a strength, an identifier, or a power. um, Okay. Or anything about them that just isn't some kind of exploitable weakness. Okay. And these all start with, I have seen you. I have seen you? Yeah, like, I have seen you destroy what you care about most. Yeah, and these you can throw a little more detail in. And it all starts with I have seen you? It all starts with I have seen you. Once everybody's written them, we'll pass them to our left. So this creates an interesting thing where in-game, your character does actually know that thing. About mm-hmm. the other person. So you have a moment where you know your own brink and you also know the person to your left, except for Barbara, whose brink will be secret from the other players unless you choose to share it. <laughs> Babs has some secrets up Pursley. Babs. <laughs> Chinooki still written. Almost. Hey, good. Leave, me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> hurry, hurry. Eustace is, is very layered. <laughs> Eustace has a lot going on. Eustace is a very layered cater waiter. A He's like a tiramisu that way. <laughs> so many plates of tiramisu. <laughs> um, as we write our brinks, we'll light three more candles. Oh, and then the 10th, we don't light yet. Not yet. So everybody has written their brinks and passed them along. Final two steps of character creation slash preparation. We are going to arrange our stacks. So brinks will always be the bottom card of your stack. And then you will stack the traits and moments in any other order on top. Although ideally only one person should have their moment on for uh, initially. I'm going to go ahead and put one of my traits on top. I can put my moment on top. And also, I think we should share our moments because the game sort of says to kind of people should, when people's moments are active, try to encourage the story towards them so that we all know kind of what uh, everybody's moment is going to be so we can help push in that direction. Barbara's moment is, I will find hope when my companions grasp a new concept or learn something new. Nice. Cool. It's the fourth grade teacher in me. Uh, Grink's moment is I will find hope when I light it all on fire. Excellent. <laughs> and Eustace's moment is I will find hope when I find an unexpected light. 
Mm. Nice. All right. So we have our stacks all prepared. Mm-hmm. Brinks on bottom, only one person's moment on top for now. I put my moment on top. So. Okay, great. What do we see on top right now? Abby, yours is? Moment. Moment. Mine is uh, my trait. Virtue. My virtue. virtue. Yeah. My virtue, my positive. Which is? Observant. And my virtue is on top also, which is merciful. Excellent. So when we're in a round, um, which is in between the candles going out, you can only use what is on the top of your stack during that round, um, and you can only ever use one trait per round. So even if you burn your trait away and you have another trait below, you've got to wait till the next um, scene. They're not rounds, they're scenes. Final thing is just to jot a couple notes down on your character card about your inventory, which is just kind of whatever you think your character would have in their pockets, on their person, nothing too intense. Uh, Everything else you can kind of find as we play, but what you think that they probably have on them always. All right. I think I've got like, probably got a lighter. Mm -hmm. Probably got... Uh, silverware sets. So yeah, silverware. I've got. I, I got like a knife, but it's like a shitty steak knife mm-hmm. from like one of these uh, trays. And I think I have one. Uh, one of those things that the blue guys that you put under chafing trays. Oh, the blue gel. Yeah, the blue gel fire, fire thing. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I grabbed one of those like tray that, warmer. Yeah, like a tray warmer. That feel that felt like a, a good idea at the time. Yeah, I think those are actually good in emergencies. Grink uh, has a, a flashlight. Uh, a walkie-talkie, a whistle, and zip ties. Love it. Um, I think Barbara also has a whistle, just out of <laughs> habit. <laughs> Had it hanging around her neck for a long time. Also out of habit, she always has a lot of Band-Aids and um, Neosporin on her. Just fourth graders constantly getting hurt. And then, you know, she's always wearing really supportive athletic shoes, mm. which means she's got a lot of good grip on, on her footwear, could climb something. <laughs> yeah, Eustace, has, Eustace has really bad, like shitty, shiny Non-slips. shoes. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, has, he hasn't learned like the chef tricks yet. This oh, is like, he's these new. Are, he wore so the wrong shoes. He wore full on like yeah. regular ass dress shoes. Nice. Oh no, Eustace. Went for the looks, Horrible. Eustace. Um, great. We ready to begin? Yes. Chanuk, could you do the honor and light the final candle? Oh, hell yeah. Oh my God, do we have to turn the light out then? Spooky. Once the light is out, we're officially in play. Any candle that goes out for any reason, whether on accident or as part of play, is out for the remainder of the game and ends the scene. Any questions about the mechanics of the game? Do we want to do a brief overview before we jump in? Yeah. Okay, great. I'll introduce scenes. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> this is great. I feel like I'm at a seance. As we go through play, I will introduce scenes and kind of do some of the normal sort of GMing, but a lot of the details can be filled in by questions I ask you or if you have ideas of things. But whenever something is in doubt or if it's something that I want to give you an opportunity to be able to like narrate something, um, I will call for a conflict roll. Whatever player I call for is the only one who rolls. For the first round, that's 10 dice. Um, And then in subsequent rounds, it will be a number of dice equal to the number of candles. And then I will have the opposite amount of dice to get to 10. But for the first round, I won't have any dice. But any sixes on a roll is a success. 
you do exactly what you intend. And then once we're both rolling, whoever between myself and the person rolling has more sixes claims narrative control. Fully get to gets to describe what happens. No contest or competition. We do still succeed if we you roll. You do a six. still succeed. Yeah. yeah. Even if I seize narrative control, I you do still succeed. We just don't get to say how we succeed. Correct. Great. Um cool. couple of ways that you can modify your rolls as you go. If you roll and there are a lot of ones, so every time you roll, all the ones get put to the side for the rest of that scene. You can't use them in subsequent rolls, so it makes success harder. And when you roll, if you have a lot of ones and you want to re-roll those ones and you have a trait on the top of your stack, you can activate your trait by burning it and incorporating it into the narration and re-rolling all the ones. Wait, we literally light the card on fire? You light the card on fire yeah. and drop it in the uh, metal cave. That is so cool. <laughs> this is the Cafe Bustello. Oh my God, we love Cafe Bustello. Official this coffee of the 20 Side Podcast. This episode brought to you by Cafe Bustello. <laughs> oh, Dunkies is going to be so mad. Can. <laughs> Alternatively, if your moment is at the top of your stack, you can call to activate your moment in which you do so and you burn the card before you roll. And if you succeed on that, you get the hope die, which then you can add to future rolls, which succeeds on a five or six. If you fail, moment's still gone, and you don't get hope die, and you lost your opportunity to get your hope die. And then Brinks give you the ability to re-roll the entire result. If you succeed, you get to keep your Brink. If you fail, you're succumbing to your Brink, you burn the Brink. So... That's where stuff starts getting funky. <laughs> um, you can at any point choose to seize narration rights as a player from me and darken a candle. You get the narration, but the scene ends. So that's always an option. Oh, if you okay, want to, cool. if you know the way you want to get out of that scene, you can do so. It'll just mean that the candles are going down uh, a little faster. Any questions? Let's get going. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Black Dahlia. You all, some of you, rather, one of you, is here on vacation trying to get away from the trials and tribulations of teaching fourth grade. The other two of you, you know, this was just a job. Security guard, cater waiter, you're not really sure why you ended up here at the Black Dahlia, but you ended up here when the world went dark. And now it's just the three of you in the resort bar. And you know that based on the last message you got on the radio that you need to make your way to a boat to get to the Northern Island. <laughs> you need to make your way to a boat in order to get to the Northern Island where you have heard rumor that the Coast Guard may have the ability to get people out. But they are everywhere, and there is blood and bodies everywhere. Before you guys head out in order to find safety, you guys have find a tape recorder, which you decide to leave one final message to your loved ones, to future generations, whoever might find it. Um, and I would ask that you record those messages now.
hey mom, uh, you were right. I should have just stayed home. Um, this what this job wasn't great to start, and it's really weird here now. And uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to call you. Uh, I've tried like five or six times the past like hour. So I am trying. I promise. Um, someone found this tape recorder. We were going to pass it around, and I don't know. It seems really end of the worldy to me, but I figured, you know, just in case, why not? Um, you know, uh, tell dad I'm okay. Uh, he was right. I should have worn the better shoes. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll come find you guys. We're about to find some place on the Northern Ireland, the Northern Island, um, and hopefully kind of make our way back. So, um, if you guys hear this, that's where I went. Love you. Hey, uh, Shay, this is your pa. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna make it to your birthday this year. Uh, just know, just know I love you. Tell you, tell your mom I'm sorry. I don't know if you'll ever hear this, but. I miss you. I'm scared. I don't know what's happening. I'm with two... idiots. But we're gonna go to... I think they said Northern Ireland? Not entirely sure, but... I'll get out of here, I think, maybe. Either way, take care of yourself. Take care of your little brother. Maybe I should have said something to him. Shit. I love you both. <sighs> okay. This is not goodbye. I love you. This is Barbara Buford. Miss B, to all my students, out there, I know that you are all very tough, you are smart, you are capable, and so if anyone else is out there surviving, just know that you, you know, you are, you are a, a good student, you know how to survive and put yourself out there and go for it. And I believe in you and Miss B is cheering for you. Whether or not I am actually there to cheer for you. And to my birds. Can't believe I left you in the care of freaking Dave. <laughs> I promise I am working my best to get back to you, my sweeties. And, um, maybe if he let you out of your cages and you flew off, that wouldn't be the worst thing. Here's hoping you're flying to freedom. I love you. Since the world went dark, you guys found each other in the halls of the Black Dahlia Resort. And as the resort slowly got overrun with them you lost more and more parts of it first the residential areas then the lobby and you guys have finally holed up in the resort bar 
where you found this recorder and recorded your final messages to the world. And you guys have barricaded up the wall. There may be a a couple other survivors you think kind of around, but occasionally you hear a scream or a yell or a loud thud. And as you guys sort of get ready to head out, the last of your candles that you found in the bar are burning low. You start to hear a little bit of a, a push on the barricade that you've built to keep them out of the bar, and you know that it's time to go. Okay, I think our time has come. If we're going to make a move, it's got to be now, boys. Okay, so do we move or not move? You guys are saying different things. I just... Can you hear them? Okay, yes, but it's going to be okay. We're going to get out. We're going to get to that boat. We're going to get... Door inches a little bit. Anybody anybody else have a weapon? I have a flashlight. That's good. You can blind them in their eyes. It's going to be... I've got a whistle. You've got a whistle. We could scare them with noise. Worst case... You throw it down the hall, they think we went that way. Okay. You, you're way to ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a back entrance or exit? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's it's a maze of hallways back here. It's not user-friendly, but yeah, right back here. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's get out of there. All right, Grink, before that, I think we should both take a bottle of something that's mostly empty, and we could smash it and use the shards of glass if we need them. This is how you be resourceful. You look around you at the things, and then you look at the things, and you assess the things, and then you see if you could use them. We've got a lot of champagne bottles. They're all in the trash. They don't want to recycle here for some reason. I don't know. That's shameful. It's not a great place. It's gotten worse. All right, everyone grab an empty champagne bottle and smash it. Let's get on out of here. No. All right, uh, Grink or Babs, give me a, a conflict roll to... Make a weapon out of the find a champagne bottle and make a weapon. Do you want to roll them? It was your idea. You made okay. it. Okay. Any sixes? One six. Perfect. Any ones? No. There's two fives, two fours, and two twos in addition to the sixes. No ones. Well, that's great. So that's a success. So you tell me about creating this weapon, um, and you don't lose any dice from the pool yet. So. Nice. All right, so we're each going to take two champagne bottles and, and smash sort of the ends of them so they're jagged. So we've got, like, one in each hand. And it's we smash them so the bottom end is what came off. So in worst case, you can put them easily both into one hand so you're the hand free. Thinking ahead. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Nice. Eustace, you're finding back way out of here, right? Yeah. I've only been here for, like, two weeks before this whole thing happened. But I, I think, um, yeah, I think I've got all of the ways kind of figured out. If we want to, there's some weird back entrances. We like smoked back there a bunch. It's left, left, right, left, left, right. And then that's good. If, if we miss any of those, it's like banquet halls and rooms and stuff. So just kind of follow me, okay? 
That's yeah, lead the way. We trust you use this later, though I do want to talk to you about the dangers of smoking. But we'll talk about that later. I uh, totally appreciate that, but I think we've got some other things to worry about. Okay, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Stay down, stay down. Eustace, give me a roll to lead them through. We'll say you kind of go through the kitchen area to get to this back area where you used to smoke. Any ones? Oh, God. God damn it, Brian. Ones. God damn it, Brian. No Three? sixes. Oh, my God, Brian. Three no ones sixes? And no sixes. No sixes. Oh, well, uh, it doesn't matter <laughs> if you want to use your trait because that ends the scene. No! That's so funny. That's so funny. Eustace <laughs> takes you guys towards the kitchen to the back entrance. He's guiding you through the hall, and as he goes to open the door to kind of this back stairwell where he and um, the other waiters used to smoke, you see that the the stairwell has just been completely, like, ripped through. There's no way that you're making it down the side of the building that way. I, like, burst open the door and go to step out and go, what, 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 what? Grab onto the, the fire uh, <laughs> exit thing. These things are true. The world is dark. Eustace, you establish the first truth. I think when I opened the door and almost fell, uh, like, the whole floor down, I thought I saw some lights in the sky. Eustace, when you opened the door, something of your inventory fell out of your apron down the side of the building. I probably had the knife in my hand and I let go of it yeah. as I tried to you grab it. You lost on. your knife. Oh, and I establish a truth now? Mm-hmm. And we, we go do. around uh, nine. A truth per candle left. Yeah. Okay. Um, they have taken the southern side of the resort. We broke a window and climbed out of it to get out of the kitchen area. I cut myself pretty bad on my arm, but I'm trying to hide it. Another survivor is following you, but keeping their distance. I've noticed that Eustace cut himself, and it's taking a lot of willpower to not hand him my band-aids. There's something in the trees outside watching us. And And we we are alive. Oh, I hated that. I hated that. You guys managed to find some rope. You kind of rappelled down the side of the the resort out the window. And uh, as we enter this scene, Grink sort of drops down off the rope, the last of the three of you, to make it. And you're sort of at the western side of the resort and near the forest beach line. And Grink has just noticed that there are some things moving in the trees. He sees sets of reflective eyes, sort of like an animal. But that is, you think, the direction you probably need to go. All right, we all we all okay? We all good? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. Eustace, you are good. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm fine. I'll be okay. All right, great. Don't don't be alarmed. There's something in the trees. Don't know what exactly it is. Could be bats or something. But I feel like we have to go north, right? 
I think I saw like the the red dots and things. Yeah, what? I think I saw some of those. The, the creepy. Uh, I don't. Yeah, the, I was really hoping that no one else noticed them. No, they're there. That they just weren't there. If they're birds, you can't trust them. Birds are slippery bastards. You don't think it because it's feathers, not scales, but... Where are you from? That's... You don't need to worry about that. Brink, we just gotta get ourselves to the northern part of the island. Okay, keep your your champagne bottles out. I may have drank the rest of one of the bottles in order to make a bottle. Are you drinking the champagne? Why is this a moment for you to... I am retired. You weren't supposed to drink the champagne? It is... This was supposed to be a celebratory You guys hear a noise come from the trees of light. Oh, I hate that. Run. Run, 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 run. Go, 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 run. go, 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 Petition to never let Eustace lead again. <laughs> it's from the blood loss. I, he doesn't know what he's doing. I immediately start taking off. I find one of the mountain biking paths, but just my shoes completely give out. Yeah. You guys, um, you're booking it. Eustace totally eats it. Um, and just as that sound kind of gets closer, the <laughs> and um, something like big lands down and grabs onto um, Eustace's leg as we end that scene. Help! Help! Please! Help! Help! These things are true. The world is dark. Something grabbed onto my leg. I just kept hitting it and hitting it and eventually it let go. But I don't feel like it needed to. It didn't feel like it grabbed you. Yeah, it didn't grab you as hard as you expected. And it sort of backs away, but keeps an eye on you. But not far. Doesn't back away far. I instinctively reached for your arms to grab you and pull you up. And now, despite resistance, I'm holding on to your hand as we run. We notice a string of dead bodies as we run away from whatever that was. I recognize a lot of the bodies as members of the staff. The bodies look like they have had, like, all the moisture in their bodies sucked out of them. I immediately feel like I'm going to throw up that bit of champagne I chugged. And And we we are alive. alive. You guys pull Eustace away from the, the thing, one of them that attacked, and then it retreats just enough for you to keep running, and then you stop hearing the sounds of pursuit as you come to this area uh, where you see these bodies. Um, You're in the thick of the woods now, and Eustace, you recognize them. Yeah, you're surrounded by woods, but you don't hear them as close pursuit as they were. I never actually came out this far. I'm not a big mountain biker. 
I just know these were back here. Um, who? I don't think I should lead anymore. Yeah. I, okay. Oi, who, who, who are you working for? Just, the Black Dahlia LLC Incorporated. <laughs> it's not why. Okay. All right. You're not allowed to lead. Take lead. You. No more. Eustace, yeah, it's no, that's okay. fine. It's that's just fine. from the blood loss of here. Let me. What and blood loss? What are you talking about? It's his arm is real injured. It's it's. Oh, and no, I just it's, it's, it's it's okay. It's it's fine. And I pull back the oh sleeve like God. to show you, and it's just a big massive cut. I you immediately the, oh whip out God. the Neosporin and band aids and start doing like a lattice work of band aids to no, try no, to fit. You are the guy fine. that would get bit by a zombie and not tell anyone. I, I just kind of you know. Don't, if you don't think about it, it kind of goes away on its own a little bit. That's not how that works at all. Eustace, that's, you can never ignore. When something's difficult, you have to face it head on. You can't ignore it. That really hasn't been my experience. Eustace, I'm significantly older than you. Honestly, a little bit of this is on us for letting a child lead us. That's also true. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say child. I mean, I'm, I'm 21. Eustace, I've taught fourth graders more mature than you. <laughs> I mean, this feels a little personal at this point. Like, I, I get it. I, I should have right, said You finish but... up with these band-aids. Grink, wait, okay. have you been out on these mountain bike paths before? Not really. I mean, we take the little security card out here sometimes when there's someone trapped who gets hurt, but I feel like I probably know more than the kid that does drugs out here. I don't do drugs. I smoke cigarettes socially on occasion. Is it peer pressure? <laughs> a little bit, yes. It's, so we're going to, again, we're going to talk about this when we get to the boat, but smoking is bad for you, and you shouldn't feel peer pressured into doing things you don't want to do, Eustace. They're really cl- they were really clicky here, and I just kind of, I needed someone to tell me, show me the ropes. From the bodies that are off to your side, um, you all of a sudden hear a... <laughs> what? Help. Are you okay? Help. There's a man who is withered like the others, but he doesn't seem like he's quite all the way gone yet, and he's trying to get your attention. Pa- Patrick? Hey, use this. Jesus, what happened? This is, guys, this is Patrick. No he was time. my trainee or my trainer. And he's like gesturing toward his uh, what, what, bag. What do you need, man? What do you need? His bag. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I try to reach into his bag and try to find what he's looking uh, for. Give me a roll. Oh, Jesus. God damn it. <laughs> what did we just say? I got one six and one one. I think ties go to you. So what do you find in his bag? I reach into his bag and find a big, like a thermos, one of those like metallic thermoses uh, filled with, like at least half filled with water. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 totally, totally, totally. And I unscrew it and I try to feed it to him, like seeing him being like desiccated Mm. and trying to, I don't know, replenish him like a sponge or something. Great. What is it? Does he? What? What happens when you give him the water? Do you think he? It helps. I I open his mouth. I'm, hey, buddy, buddy, buddy. It's okay. Just open your mouth a little. Oh, can you open it? Can you? Just anything? Okay. Here you go. Here you go. And I try to feed it in, and I can see like opening up his tongue is like completely like almost cracked in places, 
I'm like splashing water on something. It's helping a little bit, but he's still incredibly gaunt and wrinkled, but at least like loosens his tongue a little bit that he kind of like smacks his lips and can talk a little bit easier. Mm. He's, uh, now he's got his voice a little, a little bit back. Thank you. Um, Northern Island. Yeah, that's, that's where we're going. Don't, don't take mountain bike baths. Not safe. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I will kill you. <laughs> I will fucking kill you. Patrick, you said your name was. Yeah. There's an alternative route. Yeah, if you, um, if you go to the beach and then you can take the beach up to the, walking trail. Patrick, you've been so helpful. Yeah. You're such a kind and smart man. He just like, little tear out of his eye. Go. No, 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 buddy. We're, we're gonna. No, no, no. We're gonna, we got your back, but we can pull you, we're gonna make a little sling or something. Eustace. And we can, no, 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 no. We can, we can make a, we can make a sling. Right. We can. Eustace, Eustace can, starts lifting him. We can fire that like his legs, like crack. No, 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 we can. Oh, his legs are falling off. Oh my God. Oh, Patrick, I'm so, so, Patrick, I take the water bottle and I unscrew it and I try to like just sprinkle some on his legs. Great, stop, get, just get Eustace. We need to get. I pick up Eustace with one hand and I, uh. Look at Patrick and say, "I'm sorry." No, 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 no. We can, we can help him. We can help him. This is Patrick. He, he was really cool. He, no, no, Patrick, Patrick. We, we're gonna come back for you. We're gonna come back. Okay, here, just give him something. Give him some water or something. Come on. We'll come back. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back and get him once we find help. I want to try to fight my way out of your arms. Okay. All right. Good. Good fucking luck. <laughs> I have one six. Um, I rolled no six and two ones, but I'm gonna Brian, I'm gonna burn my freaking flarity. I'm gonna try to burn my merciful trait to re-roll my ones and try to win back control. Oh, Brian, oh. are you kidding? You that is the end of the scene. Oh, I'm sorry, damn. your trait's oh. already on fire. Shit, Brian, um, you've killed three scenes, but we've got to call it. Eustace is We're fucking four up. down now. I'm gonna kill Eustace. Three down. I'm killing Eustace. Don't down. kill Eustace. He's such you a sad boy. Eustace <laughs> goes against your, everything Barb stands game. for. But <laughs> these things are true. The world is dark. I kept fighting against Grink for the next about mile and a half before I finally got down and walked. Patrick's bag also had a map in it. I keep thinking about the last student I had named Patrick, who was incredibly smart, but had very dumb friends who were leading him down the wrong path. Grink picked up the map as he grabbed Eustace uh, with his other hand, with his free hand. And, uh, marched on out of there. Eustace tried to take the map, but you guys quickly wrestled it off of him. You hear gunshots in the distance. And And we we are are alive. alive. With Patrick's map in hand, Eustace has calmed down a bit. You guys walk up the beach and you find your way to 
a walking trail, um, a hiking trail that's kind of popular more amongst locals than the than the resort goers. It's sort of a little bit far away from the resort, um, and maybe quarter mile, half mile down the road, you hear the faint sound of uh, gunshots. In what direction? Down the path. Oh, we're headed towards. Them? You're headed towards them as as of right now. Okay. All right, Eustace, why don't you stay and we'll walk together. And Grink, are you comfortable taking the lead here? I think we should zip tie Eustace's hands. Do you have zip ties? Yes. Grink, I don't know that that's necessary. I don't trust this. He just tried to take the map away. Eustace, what were you going to do with that map? Eustace is just kind of looking down as you guys are walking. And he's been looking down for a while and just kind of shrugs. Goes, I, I don't, I don't know, I thought I could figure out. Do you to... understand why we think you're a child now? No, I just, I just want to help. I just, I just, I'm still, I'm just figuring it out. I'm just trying to help. Eustace, that's excellent. I'm glad you're trying to help and that you're learning as you go. We're all going to die. And sometimes the best way you can help is by letting other, better, more experienced people take the lead. Alright, let's just walk not on the path. Clearly something's happening down there. Let's hide in the bush and just walk and follow the path from the bush. Okay? Alright. Yeah, yeah, okay. Alright. Don't looking at you, Eustace. Yeah. Don't do anything without asking. Eustace just kind of looks down. You ask for Barbara's permission. Because I'm going to say no. <laughs> okay, Miss B. Okay. A little tear comes to her eye because she knows that technically she just retired and was done being Miss B. And now she's back to being Miss B. <laughs> Are you crying right now? Absolutely not. You keep your face forward. You lead the way, Grink. Yes, ma'am. You guys head into the woods. You sort of start following along the trail. As you get closer to the area of gunshots, you see that there are two Coast Guard-looking guys with, uh, I guess they give the Coast Guard assault rifles in this universe. <laughs> um, they have their emergency assault rifles, and they're to sort of the like firing with. up into the trees and then waiting a moment. And then you guys see that uh, like a coconut will just get like lobbed into the road at one of them and just like land next to them and then they'll freak out and shoot that area and one of them is like come out motherfuckers Eustace is just behind uh, Grink and is just like tapping him on the shoulder like look, look can we I have eyes kid <laughs> okay can we go what I don't think our guns we don't have any guns like that's hang with them they are shooting at the mysterious tree creatures. Yeah, but they don't look like they're doing too great. Maybe we just go around. No, I've played a lot of Call of Duty. Those are really good guns. <laughs> Eustace, I'm gonna need you to take a back seat on this one. But Miss Miss B, they're like they're really like the Yes, video games are not the same as real life. Let's take a let's maybe try to walk it's around. Really the edge accurate, of this. It's really accurate though. It's really accurate. No, but okay, but they have we don't have any guns. They're easily startled. Let's not let's not get shot. I think Barbara's gonna pick up 
um, like a rock or something that's got a little bit of weight to it that's around us Mm -hmm. and try to throw it within the woods, but like in the other direction Mm -hmm. to see if they're the the Coast Guard is like jumpy enough that they'll just shoot at any noise they hear or Mm. if they're like actually paying attention to what's around. Sure, why don't you let's roll for that? Okay. I have three sixes. It's one six and one one. Alright, so you succeeded, but because I have three sixes, I'll take narration. So Babs hurls a rock to the other side of the, the path, goes in the woods. You see that the one of the guys who maybe looks a little bit more on edge than the other instantly turns and, and unloads at the area where the rock landed. The other guy for a second turns and also looks at the sound. He doesn't seem as jumpy. And the really jumpy guy, when he turns towards the rock and away from kind of the trees above, a shadow drops down and sprints across the road and grabs him as he like fires into the sky and drags him into the woods. Um, well, and the other two birds with one stone. The other guy <laughs> yells out, Rick! Oh, Rick, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Fuck, just it up for Rick. Okay, I, I'm with you guys. We don't need we don't need to go to the gun, guys. We can go around. Oh, oh, now you're honored. Now you're honored. Now you're now you're on yeah, our team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now yeah, you yeah. No, no, you're right. We're gonna you're be right. as right. quiet right. as possible. Oh, we're gonna okay. go. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. just you take, We're gonna do steps together. Wait, we are slow. Be very quiet. Can uh. Can we look into the trees to see if we can, like, maybe see if there's, like, a, a non, a path where there's, like, none of these tree guys up there? Mm, yeah, sure. Roll, roll for that. No sixes here. Crink, yep, you say. Crink, you've got your eyes open, right? No, you I, also I, have I, eyes, um, right? Um, wait, no, okay, wait. can I, can I... Can I burn my moment to re-roll or it's just virtue or you vice? Have to, so you have to burn the moment before a roll you God, make. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes, when yes. you want to, when we want to use that. And if okay. I, you, it's, oh, it's only re-rolling ones, right? It's if, only re-rolling ones oh, for so traits. We can't. Yeah, so there's not okay. even one. All right. Oh, no. thing. Um, that was the end of that scene. This game um, sucks. <laughs> Grink looks so up, scary. desperate to find an area. Rick's partner in a fit of rage just unloads in a big arc into the air and for a second you see like shadows above kind of scatter around they they seem to kind of break formation and you guys kind of take the moment to move through and with that the candle is darkened and our scene ends these things are true the world is dark (sighs) Grink has no idea where we are in the woods anymore but does not want to share that he has no idea where we are. When we ran away from the shooting and the and them, Barbara grabbed Eustace's hand again, and he was really happy that she did. Rick's partner saw you as you ran away. That other hotel guest is still following us. Everyone, while we were running, found uh, something on the ground. That they picked up. And, and we, we are alive. You guys take advantage of a moment of chaos, break around this scene of gunplay between Rick's partner, unnamed partner, and them. 
as you guys sort of continue on down the path, Babs, you sort of turn your head and you notice that there is a distinctly human shadow about 100 yards back. You're still in the woods, farther down the path. Okay, Crink, we're still going along and following the path up the beach? Yeah, yeah, this is the right way. Yeah, this is definitely the right way. Uh, Definitely away from the gunshots and whatever the hell took that guy. I think that that's a good plan. Um, I also found this lighter on the ground. Found a lighter? Yeah. Well, that will come in handy. Just let's go. Let's keep. Let's keep moving. Okay. You okay, kid? Uh, yeah. And you see, Eustace has a like a small rock in his hand, like like a skipping stone. But he's just like almost fidget spinnering it in his fingers, just kind of like rowing it. Good. He found a toy. <laughs> did you? Did you guys? actually see them I've just I've just seen the, the eyes I can't I haven't seen them mostly silhouettes but they're just shapes and shadows and and the fucking red fucking eyes didn't one grab you I looked back and it was just like milky darkness and all I could look at was the eyes let's just not let's just let's just plan to not see one I, I'm really down with that plan. I really like that plan. I'd love for that to be the plan going forward. That is it, the scariest things, the unknown, and just know that whatever your mind is conjuring can't be kept. Go! Okay. Um, you guys <laughs> run to the end of the the path, and you come out in sort of what looks like. You know, you have the resort, right? Which is yeah. already where semi-wealthy people come to, to party. And then you've sort of found yourself in a little semi, like, seemingly abandoned neighborhood of kind of individually owned houses where people have bought property on the island. Um, so you've broken out of the path and you see that there are a number of houses and sort of down the area you see one house where there's a little bit of a flickering light uh, on the top floor. Okay, see, we just got to hustle on over to that one. I also don't want to alarm you. I think another, there might be another survivor what? behind us, but, but I, think, I, feel, I think they're feeling shy. So I think we should just make sure that we don't go so fast that they lose us and they can, when they feel ready, you know, make their themselves known, introduce themselves. Grink uh, pulls out his champagne shave and goes, Oi! Who are you? I, I'm speaking See, to you. It's, I, this is what I'm saying. I think they're feeling shy. We just keep going along. and We have two, right? You told us to take two shivs? We, yes, we each have two champagne bottle shivs. Greg takes out the other one and starts walking up to the, this guest. Oh, careful, 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 careful. It could be them. Just, just then this sort of like older guy sort of salt and peppery look comes out and he's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Hi. I'm Stephen. Well, hello, Stephen. Are you, are you also trying to get over to the Northern Island? Yeah. That was said unconvincingly, <laughs> Stephen. 
Wait, 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 wait. You're 3F? Yeah, yeah. Rubino? Yeah. Yeah. What? This guy's a fucking asshole. Now they've, you trashed their, they've trashed two rooms. Oh, bygones, bygones. No, oh, I was the those world, rooms. You, know? yeah, you were the one that got all those complaints. I may, I may have gotten a few calls, we, you but like, up. it's vacation, man. We called the police twice, twice. I don't know how you're still. Oh, you were, here. you were the one who called the police. Classic. Oh, okay. Steven, were you the one playing rock and roll music late into the night at the hour of eleven thirty? That wasn't PM? rock and roll. That was like oldies or something. That was like whoa, whoa, you know, whoa. Aerosmith or something really old. That's rock. Don't and knock roll. this, Smith, this dude. Come on. You know the hotel has a strict no Aerosmith after 11.30 policy. You should have thoroughly read the description when you booked the room. Whatever, whatever, whatever. You played Sweet Emotion for three hours straight. Sweet Emotion is a classic. Anyway, it's not. You three seem like you you got a better chance than uh, the other folks that I, uh, you know, found. uh, There's others? Well, there were others. What Um, do you mean, were? Well, they weren't as resourceful as you three, so that's why I started following you three, and, uh, you know, here we are. Bingo, bango. We'll go find someone else to follow. Steven, we're going to keep moving, and if you can keep up and you don't cause problems... Great. Wait, Barb, no, we should take a vote on this. All those that want this guy on the team, say aye. I mean, what's the alternative? Do we kill him? No. No, he's telling him to go find I'm right here. Yeah, good. You should hear this. We don't All want right. you on our Steven, team. Steven, you're not in a place to negotiate unless you can tell us what you can bring to the table. He uh, pulls out a pack of Marlboro Reds. Steven, you should know smoking is bad for you. You are old enough. You've seen the PSAs. So, look, okay, here's what I can offer you, right? Uh, I was a Boy Scout. Um, yeah, it's 70 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, uh, or I could just, you know, follow you and scream and lead the monsters right to you. So they would kill you too. Yeah, but you know, if I'm going down, might as well take you Dude, with me. You are such an asshole. Yeah. Oh my God. I could tell the second I saw you, you were not going to tip anybody. Mm-hmm. Did you not tip anybody? I thought t- you guys make a good wage. They pay the servers minimum wage. I don't know why I need to tip. No, you still are supposed to. Uh, I'm not going to. All right. Why don't you? I've had this conversation. Um, times. All right. I would like to use my moment, mm. which is um, I find hope when one of my companions learns something. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to. Um, turn to to Grink and say, hey, Grink, you know how to slit a throat? (laughs) I'm willing to learn. All right, burn it and give me that roll. (laughs) (laughs) Really careful not to put out a candle. So you are slitting the throat as a teaching moment? I'm demonstrating with Eustace the correct motion that would be involved in the hope that Grink learns how to do this and it's up to him whether or not to use it. Copy. So you are 
you're I'm look, you're looking at this person and like fate, you're miming it. I'm showing Grink how to do the boat by doing it, so that Grink <laughs> can do it. But but you're not actually going up to him and doing it. No, I'm demonstrating on Eustace. I know. Oh. I know. <laughs> yeah, use the boy, Miss B, Miss B, Miss B, Miss B, Miss no, B. Just hold still. If you if you move, I'm no, not no, gonna no. learn. I'm not gonna no. Uh, just don't move, B, kid. Miss B, Miss B. Uh, just calm down. Two sixes. Two sixes. Big tie goes to you. Oh my god. All Any right. ones? No ones. Two fours and a two. So I I take. <laughs> Eustace, and I demonstrate. Grink, do you know how to slit a throat? I'd, I'd love to learn, ma'am. And I demonstrate. It's just a real swift and deep motion like this. Okay, this is fucked up. This is fucked up. I'm not about this. Miss, Miss B, Miss B, just let, okay, get, let go. No, this is fucked up. This is fucked up. What grade did you teach again? Fourth. Amazing. I'm great. I'm glad that's part of the fourth grade curriculum. <laughs> when those little beasts start developing. Angst. Grink, what do you do with this uh, information, this this very good lesson? I know there's no advantage in this game. Sure. But I feel like I should now have advantage <laughs> on slitting throat rolls. <laughs> that sort of, let's, let's, uh, yeah, I don't really know how we would, we would categorize that. But I will say that, like, he's, we'll say that, like, in this moment, he's looking at Miss B and Eustace, like, what the fuck are they doing? And you see an opening. Could it could it have been? Um, it's like backed up a little bit of of. I'm burning my moment to teach. I guess both of them more grink how to slit a throat, but the ultimate intention is to intimidate. Steven? Oh, yeah. That's okay. Could that okay. Be it? That could be it. So yeah, do you want to finish kind of narrating what happens there? Because you so, did have a success. Yes. Okay. So so Miss B takes Eustace demonstrates uh, and is is very clearly using like teacher talk to be like and Grink do you understand you think you could do this yourself oh yeah big time Eustace does not pick up on this at all and is just freaking out that this is happening to him well Miss B no 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 okay I'll I'll, I'll, I'll follow you I won't I won't say anything I will, okay uh, buddy uh, Steven St- oh, help me out here man okay these guys these guys are good but just and the, quit fucking around Barbara's just gonna she, she would never had a of strict hold on you, but she just lets go. She pats your shoulder real friendly like, and then she just looks at Stephen with quite possibly the creepiest smile an old woman could ever have. And what does Stephen do? Because you had the success. Oh, that's right. Um, Stephen recognizes that, that she's saying there's power in numbers and is sort of like, okay, all right, you know, well, for right now, we've got a truce going. be in her teaching moment. <laughs> Eustace, when you like let go, he like fully flies forward and like stumbles on the ground and is like being very overly dramatic about the thing that he just experienced. Steven just kicks his cigarette out. He's like, come on, kid, get up. Yeah, it wasn't about you, man. Okay, Eustace. And I put my hand out, both hands out to like pick you up and, and, and help you back up. Uh, Eustace like looks up very confused and just slowly puts his hands into yours. Oh, okay. Okay. I put my friendly teacher face on. <laughs> okay. He sees the friendly teacher face and he's very confused. He like didn't pick up on any of the dynamic. And as you're picking him up, he's like starting to, Oh yeah. Yeah. And he turns to Steven's like, yeah. So like, what's up? Okay. You're going to behave now. 
Oh, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna behave now. Yeah, and he yeah. taps Drake on the sh- Drake on the shoulder. Like, oh my god! Yeah, fucking be yeah, cool. right. Just be cool for once in your fucking life. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Now we're out in the open a little bit more. A little bit. We could keep to the houses a little bit, but I think we need to hustle a little faster. And I, I know I'm not the fastest person in this group, but I'm I'm gonna put in my best effort. In that same window where you saw the light, you see. Like the figure of like a older woman, like the silhouette of an older woman for a sec. And then she moves away. It looks like there's a person there. And if they're old, probably means they're slow. So we shouldn't go talk. What do you? Which means that there isn't, that they might not have found this area yet. If a slow person oh. is still thriving, then they might not be here yet. I want to burn my moment, mm. which is I will find hope when I find an unexpected light. And nice. you guys are focusing so much on the the light in the window that's flickering and this shadow of the old woman that you don't see on top of the roof. There's a flickering yellow and red light. Maybe. Uh, you got to roll for it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So I've got to burn my... So I got to burn it first. Burn it, yeah, and then make your make your moment roll. Oh, also, you get a hope die, uh, Miss B, Ooh. which you can use in future rolls. Okay. Succeeds on a, a five uh, or six. So I Eustace now thinks he sees another light in the area. Let's I roll think I see something six. on top of the the roof. On top of the roof. No sixes over here. I've got one six. Hell yeah. <laughs> what do you see? You're back. Um, I see on top of the roof, there's a small light that is on top of a large um, antenna mm. that I know to be from a like amateur CB radio because it's a, I had one at home with my dad and we had like did it when we were kids it was like, you know, kind of a bonding project. We like built the thing. We put it on the roof. Like I learned Morse code as a kid. Uh, it was like the one super, super geeky thing we did. And when he traveled, we would Morse code back and forth to each other over That's like short range. So sweet. Um, and I looked, Miss B, Miss B, Miss B, Miss B. Yes. I'm yes, there. Yes. I'm there. That's it's a radio tower. It's a, I, I did it with my dad. It's like a school project. And that if, if there's that on top of there, they definitely have a radio in there. Short, it's probably a shortwave, probably like dot dash Morse code stuff, but like we can get a message out. Like if they have that, they probably have equipment in there. Very good, Eustace. Okay, I think, yes, we need to hustle. We need to get ourselves over to that house ASAP and we can decide along the way if we want to go up and, and see them or if we just want to try to go onto the roof and get access to that radio. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a good idea. You two lead the way, Stephen. Yeah. You go behind them, and I'm behind you. And I'm going to have my little shank out. Copy. All right, Miss B is feeling a little self-conscious about leading because she said she's jumpy and uh, not in the best shape. So she's sort of hustling along doing that, like, sort of old person fat run. <laughs> trying, <laughs> trying to, like, whoo. It's like power walk kind of thing. Yes, where it's like also I'm I'm trying to like loop my arm around Eustace, who's probably doing like a power walk at the <laughs> at the fastest. And I think she's she's Barbara's trying to dip in and out of shadow a little bit, mm-hmm. um, knowing that like if we go th- 
super close to the houses that they wait in the shadow. So it's dangerous, but also if we're fully out in the middle of the beach, we're more visible. So trying to weave between the two on our way over to the house. Um, and, and just while I was thinking of it, of, of Grink had said that we all found something in the woods. And I think uh, Miss B found a length of fishing wire. Mm. Great. Um, so you guys approach this house and you look up, you still see the light. You don't see the woman. Doors open. Like a jar? Just like unlocked if you want to try it. Or if you try it, I guess. Grink, do you think... What's your vote? Do we go in? Do we stay? Do we go for the roof? I'm telling you, that's radio equipment. Yeah, the radio equipment. That's a. I agree with you. Use this. You're useful. We'll get. We're going in. Go in. Take out your both shivs, though. Maybe. Oh, I can't climb and carry two shivs. Okay. I'll okay. just stick them in my back pockets. All right. Yeah, do what you gotta do. There'll uh, be a transmitter somewhere inside. Probably. Use this. You take out the shivs. Protect Barbara. Yeah, yeah. He pulls out the, the two broken bottles and is like holding them like stabby stab dagger style <laughs> rather than like tactically. Stabby <laughs> the stab. other way. What yeah, you, like, like he, he's holding did, them like psycho. Did you just say stabby stab? <laughs> no, aren't you supposed to like stab like this? No, you want to have it the other way. You're not. And he, he turns it around so he's holding it like, you know, a regular knife. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. This feels, this isn't how they do it in Call of Duty. I'm tired. <laughs> Eustace, you also actually got a hope die. I forgot to tell you. Oh, yes. Wait, so was, was the plan that we were going into the house to find the radio or we're trying to climb onto the roof? How? There, Without- there, there, would be, there would be an antenna on the top, but inside there'd be some kind of um, uh, unit that you'd be able to send a message from. And we don't, we want to try to sneak rather than alerting the residents. All right, how about, okay, I'm going to open the door. You two stand behind Steven. Make sure he doesn't do anything funny. Okay. All right. Steven, you ready? Oh, yeah. I hate, why did we, okay. Uh, Grink opens the door uh, with, like, one hand and has to show the other and goes, Hello? Anyone here? Uh, Give me a roll. That's three sixes and two ones. Can I reroll these ones if I burn my observant thing? Yeah, sure. Um, and I had zero sixes, so uh, reroll the ones and then uh, feel free to narrate. All right, it's a two and another six. Nice, nice. Damn, four sixes. Um, Grink uh, is in control. Cool. Grink uh, opens the door. Uh, says hello to silence. No one says anything. Um, and he knows it's like pretty untouched. Nothing has been like, like there's been like no, seems like there's like no forced entry or like no one's like rubbing through everything. Looks pretty like a, like a normal um, like living room situation. He takes some steps in. Eustace, Stephen, and Barbara follow through. Uh, they look around and it's like almost weirdly like clean like nothing seems to be untouched uh or like out of place like to a degree of like this feels staged to some degree but pays no mind uh grant kind of turns to eustace to kind of be like where would the radio equipment be 
be and Yusis being the little nerd boy he is uh, like kind of like opens a door and finds like a little like radio room with a bunch of wires and stuff yeah I mean if I was gonna have my like CD unit I'd probably put it in one of these like little closets. Okay, okay. Oh, this is great. Oh, wow. This is great. Me and my dad always wanted to get something like this. Uh, this, I mean, this is like the Mach 3 version of what we have. Uh, So, okay. Uh, And I start fiddling with some dials. Cool. We're all in there. And then we hear a voice behind us go, The hell are you doing in my radio room? Uh, sorry? Uh, sir? Uh, is anything... Everything okay? What are you doing here? Just, just wanted Sir, to use this radio. Get into my home. With the door was a hi. My name's Barbara. The door was unlocked. Barbara? Yes. Oh, you can not. Po- oh, there's no need for that. It's you could put the gun down, sir. That's it's. We- How do I know you're not one of them creatures? Well, have you ever seen one? No. Just look at look at our eyes. Our we eyes haven't. are kind of regular, and we have. Do you know what they look shapes. like? They just look like shadows. Green eyes. Pushes Stephen forty. Well, that guy could be one. Honestly, don't know for sure. <laughs> yeah, he he could be one, but we're definitely not. I mean, look at us. We've got shapes and souls. He totally doesn't. Why are you wearing a waiter's eyes. outfit? I I was working at the at the resort. I, I was I was I'm a waiter. I was a waiter. Mm. We were yes, we were over at the resort. And are trying to make our way. We we heard rumor that Lowers there could the be coast guard and and boats, and that we could we could, Northern Ireland. Yes, yes, we could make our way to Northern Ireland. The Northern Ireland. Yes, the Northern, Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. <laughs> yeah. North, Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. It's a really Northern specific Ireland. dialect in this. <laughs> I heard the Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Yes. Northern yes. Ireland. Yeah. Yes. And uh, we saw. Yeah, I heard that. This very clever young man recognized your radio tower and thought if we came it's up really, here... It's a really nice setup. Really. Maybe gun we back sh- up at Eustace. Well, you know what that looks like? My, me and my dad, we did it. We did. He, he taught me Morse code and we did shortwave radio stuff when he would go on business. Your dad a Ruski? No, 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 no. He, right. oh, okay. Shotgun down. And what's... Sorry, sir. You didn't tell us your name. My name's not important. Well, not important. It's lovely to meet you. Uh, we just were hoping that we could maybe reach the Coast Guard, and, mm. and we don't have to borrow the radio if you if you would rather we not. But we 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 could part amicably if that would suit you. But really, we'd love if we could use the radio. You got any food on you? Uh, I've got some of the mints they used to leave on our pillows. Why are you? Why are you shaking so much? Hmm. Why are you shaking? Who's shaking? You are. I'm not shaking. You've got a little bit of a... You're twitching a little bit. A little twitch in your hip. Why is this place so clean? Hmm? Why was your door open if you don't want intruders? He, like, lifts the shotgun out in, like, a very, like, uh, initiating action kind of way pointed towards Steven. Um, does anybody want to do anything about that? He's pointing at Steven. <laughs> He's pointing at It's very spur of the moment like group pause. Like may start firing uh, indiscriminately. Uh, Grink, Grink looks at Steven. Steven looks at Grink and they're both kind of in this weird of like something's going on. They're going to try and take the gun away from this guy. Okay. 
And Barbara gets into athletic stance. <laughs> I love to imagine Babs' athletic stance. <laughs> in, in the hope that she might somehow do something. She steps in front of Eustace No sixes. I have one, one. And no sixes? And no sixes. Can I burn my... Oh, you no, can't, can't do another trade. I can't do shit. Uh, oh, can, wait, uh, can I burn... You cannot. I can. Because he rolled. I rolled. he rolled. Oh, yeah. Um, no. The shotgun goes off. The room with the radio goes dark as the scene ends. These things are true. Fuck me. The world is dark. Steven got shot. Eustace tackled... Uh, the unnamed man. What was? What we call him? He didn't give a name. Not important. Uh, Eustace tackled not important and tried to wrestle the gun out. You find the panic room that he came out of, and a very old woman up there. And she seems very relieved that we are there. And, and we, we are, are alive. alive. That was a good one. Hey there, it's Elliot from the Many Sided Media team. In addition to playing and producing here on My First Dungeon, I'm also a game designer known for such games as Something is Wrong with the Chickens, a rules-like game of chickens, eldritch horror, and revenge. Project Echo, a solo time travel game played in the pages of a planner. And the upcoming Rom-Com Drama Bomb, a three-player game of meet-cutes and mayhem. If you like weird and unique games and want to bring something new to your table, head to moreblueberries.shop and use code MYFIRSTDUNGEON for 20% off your order. That's M-O-R-E-B-L-U-E-B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot shop. Thanks! You guys find this old woman up top who had been kept hostage by the unnamed man. Unclear why. The woman... Uh, how, her, how old is she, if we had to guess? She's like maybe 60s or 70s. She's right, sort of cool. of that like older woman age where you're not sure. Okay. Yeah, you guys have the gun wrestled away from this guy. You have the old woman. Uh, what do you want to do with him? Drink is like trying to stop Stephen's bleeding, feeling incredibly guilty that he got him shot while you guys are all doing this. You, you said you had zip ties. Give me your zip ties. Don't worry about him. Just give me your zip ties. It's in my right pocket. Just take it out. Just toss him over here. Mike, I'm trying to hold him down. Right here. Oh, fine. And then uh, I like let go of like the wound, and like blood starts like coming out profusely. There's blood everywhere. It's getting everywhere. I take the zip ties. They're bloody. I throw them over to. I grab and I, I try to wrestle them onto this guy's uh, hands behind his back. Okay. Um, give me a roll for Stephen's blood. Stemming Stephen's blood. Oh, man. Ah. All right, two ones. I'm burning my, my, my vice. I'm burning my paranoid vice because I got two ones and no sixes. Oh, my God. God damn. Careful. Alright, re-roll those ones. Let's see. Oh, come on. You can do it. Oh my god. It's an 
another one. The scene ends as the life leaves Stephen's eyes as the blood continues to spurt onto Grink's hands as he is unable to stop the bleeding. These things are true. The world is dark. This guy was a cannibal. I got the zip ties on his hands, but I didn't notice that they were cracked. You find a set of keys on his belt with a boat key. And And we we are alive. You guys were unable to save Steven. You discovered that this guy was a cannibal. You've somehow disposed of him, whether you left him tied up or um, otherwise. And uh, you have this old woman with you who refuses to speak to you, but seems willing to follow you. Well, hi, ma'am. That feels silly. We're, I mean, we're the same age. You actually look like one of the gals in my book club. Um, we're. Do you want you want to come with us? She shakes her head. Okay. Um, that's Eustace. Did you say you find a key? Yeah, it's a. I think it's a boat key. I mean, this isn't a car key. I mean, is this. Does anyone ride a drive a boat? I've never been in a boat. It's got an anchor on the keychain that it felt like a boat. Key. It feels know. like a boat. Let's go find that boat. Do we want to send a radio call first, or I, I don't like sticking around here with that man? Yeah, let me. You can just hear just, him like in the room that you left him in, like kicking and being like. He's being far too loud. He's gonna draw them, draw them right to us. Let me just send a message. We can we can get out of here real quick, and then they'll they'll come. They'll take care of it for us. Down the street, uh, Grink, you hear a like a window shatter in another building, and uh, just thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. I can get it. I can get it. I can get it. Quickly, Grink, you take you take that gun and you 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 stand guard at the door, and I've got I've got my two shivs. Okay. Yeah. Do you know how to how to work a shiv? And I I say, (laughs) Barb says this to the old lady, and kind of shows her how to. Oh no, she doesn't do that. She. Never mind. I take it all back. Uh, Eustace is uh, tapping on a uh, a Morse code sender, uh, a Morse code dial, and is his fingers like keep slipping? He goes, oh shit! Uh, okay, okay, uh, okay, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he taps away a message. You're waiting for a message back. When you hear, like, a a window downstairs, you're waiting, waiting. I just send the same message over and over again. Uh, Let's roll to see if you get a response. Each time I'm just sending... Wait, you can roll your hope die as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Each time I'm just sending, uh, we're coming, wait for us. And I'm just saying wait for us over and over again. I've got two sixes. My hope die was a one. Hope dice do not get removed when they're ones. So. Okay, so I got two sixes. No I got two ones. sixes, so uh, hit me with it. I send out this message, wait for us, wait for us, wait for us. Over and over again, we keep hearing the, the crashes downstairs. Another window shatters. You guys start pulling at me. I've got the, the headphones on my head listening for a message, just sending it over and over again. My finger slips off. 
and the beeps stop, the dots and dashes stop. And as you guys are pulling me away, I hear a response coming through. And the headphones slip off my head, just pulling back. No, no, wait, 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 just, let me, just give me a second. And I pull back and I try to put the headphones on. And you guys like keep pulling me out as you hear this thing crawling up the stairs. And I'm listening and I hear. And I quickly decipher it. I'm like, can't, can't wait. Leaving. Just wait, just wait. Shut up, shut up. Ten. We've got ten, ten hours, ten hours. We've got ten hours. Let's just get there. Okay, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay. Uh, Top of the stairs. Shadow fills the doorway. I chuck my uh, my shiv right at it. I fire the gun. Okay. Uh, I throw a shiv too. got two sixes yes i I have one six uh i chuck my champagne shiv at it and it embeds directly in the eye the only thing i can really like get a bead on because everything else is just shadow and i see one of the eyes go dark and i hear that terrible (laughs) as it huddles back barbara turns to the old woman says is there another way out of here she shakes her head like Lead aggressively. The way, woman. <laughs> um, Babs, why don't you roll for uh, getting let out? Okay. And should use I, your hope should die. Should I use too, my yeah. hope die? Yeah. Okay. You you can't lose the hope die unless it's on a brink roll. Okay. All sixes. All sixes. All sixes. All sixes. Five or six on the hope die as well. So I got one one. And uh, two sixes. Okay, great. So pull the ones out, um, unless it's your hope die. It's not. Okay, so pull um, it out to the side just for the rest of the scene. Should I burn my my virtue? Fuck it, do it. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna burn my virtue, merciful. Okay, great. To re-roll that one. Careful. It's so scary when you go to light the card because Brian. <laughs> Eustace demonstrated Don't blame Eustace Your card can put out a candle Um, So yeah So how does How how does she lead you to safety And how does your merciful nature come into play Um So she Is surprisingly spry For her age And um She leads us down. uh, She comes out of the room and knows from having listened to the man move around the house that there is a, uh, like, back kind of emergency fire escape almost exit, a second egress. And so leads us over to there, and it is um, incredibly loud uh, going down, like the the metal, you know, clamoring down metal steps. And I can, I'm going to go back a tiny bit. She's not spry. Um, and the merciful comes in in um she's clearly struggling a little bit to walk and Barbara really takes the time to like hold her up and put her arm around her and walk her down these steps knowing we need to get out fast but um 
is is uh, trying to help her along because this woman is effectively saving them. As you're sort of like getting her out, you see that like you get to this first floor where she leads you to the exit and you just hear them like crawling all around the first floor and just echo. Should I re-roll that one? Yeah, re-roll the one. See if you keep it. Not a one? It's a four. Yeah, so you keep it. it. Okay, okay. And then I will take my hope die out. And now is that hope die like used? No, you can keep using the hope die. You only lose the hope die if you fail a brink roll or if you roll a one on a brink roll with it, I believe. Okay. Um, Great. So you guys make it out of the house with um, the unnamed non-speaking woman and you hear them just like rampaging inside the house after you leave. Um, And then you, Eustace, you kind of like turn back as you guys and you see that one of them has just like kind of hopped up onto the railing of the deck and is just like watching you as it sort of like moves, its head moves side to side as you guys run. Can I burn my uh, moment thing? Sure. What is it? Um, I will... Fuck, there's like no light in here. But I will find hope when I light it all on fire. Oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) Careful, careful. It's really satisfying to watch something burn inside of a coffee can. It really (laughs) is. Um, All right. Motherfucker. Yeah, roll while there's ample light from the burning card. (laughs) Um, That's one six. One six over here. So, uh, yeah, how do you light it all on fire? I turn back. As we see the this all these things in there, and then one hops on, and then I take out my lighter and like start trying to like burn like the drapes as like or like yeah, start like burning the drapes of, of the house and stuff and all the linens. Not it's like not catching, and then the soldier from before that caught us catches up to us, sees what I'm trying to do, sees all them inside, pulls out um, a grenade. <laughs> Uh, classic Coast Guard move. Classic Coast Guard with their grenades, tosses it in, and I'm like, oh, that's a brilliant idea, and it explodes. And I take out one of my shivs that somehow still has a little bit of champagne in it, fashion a Molotov cocktail, <laughs> light it up, toss it in, and this thing erupts into flames, and you can hear all the <laughs> as they light up on fire. Uh, and this building is burning. And we all run. And the smell that carries behind you as you run is just the worst fetid, burning hair, burning flesh, death smell that fills your noses and it somehow makes the victory feel hollow and disgusting. As um, Miss B is running and carrying the, the mute woman, Eustace jumps under the other arm and is like helping to essentially kind of like push both of you forward. Just, okay, come on. We gotta go. We got, I know, I know it's, it's burning, but we gotta go. We gotta go. That's why we gotta get away from it. We gotta go. Also, the other soldier is also Australian. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I like your style. That's why he has a grenade. He's Australian Coast Guard. Yeah, yeah. Got it. There you go. Yeah, we do it different. (laughs) You guys are uh, fleeing the neighborhood. You have this boat key. You're not sure where the boat might be. The neighborhood isn't like, doesn't have, seem to have like docks coming off the houses or anything. It's, uh, I want to look at the, the woman when we get, we get far enough away. 
And I look, I kind of like crouch down where she's, you know, kind of panting from the effort. Okay, uh, ma'am, you, have you seen this key before? Just, just shake your head up or down. Okay. She okay, shakes great. her head up. Great, great, great. Where, where did you find, do you know where the boat is? Shakes her head, no. Okay, but do you know where any, any docks are? Anything? Uh, any, any marinas? Any, do you know what a marina is? Any, any place that has boats? She shakes her head, yes. Okay, which, which way? She gives you kind of like a, I don't know. No, 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 no. Okay, just, just, okay, just calm down. Just look around, look around. And just, which way do you think it is? You, you've been in the area, you know where it is. Where is it? She okay, starts just, to get like a little like overwhelmed and like you see her eyes are kind of welling up. As no, she's just like, where, just where is it? Okay, you just, I think. No, I she think knows where it is. I don't know where it is. She doesn't know where it is, Eustace. Leave it alone. Eustace, she's she's we been through an ordeal. Ten hours. Wait, 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 We've got to get wait. to the. Who has the map? Do I have the map? I think you have the map. Uh, uh, Grink pulls out the map. Uh, can we find it here? Maybe the, the docks. He hands it to to Eustace, and it's a little bit bloody. Uh, Eustace looks at it and like slashes it down, uh, uh, spreads it out on the ground, and just kind of like is gesturing at the various areas of like water and where there's like bays, and it's just like trying to figure out where it is. While this is happening also, I think Barbara is holding the old woman's hand, like trying to be supportive of like, we need your help, but but also I get that this is overwhelming, but she's also fully turned around and focused entirely on the soldier mm. who I suppose at this point has fully caught up or if or is at yeah. the very least like three, four oh, steps away from us. How you doing? Hey, mate, mate, lady? Uh, you don't have Paul. to call him. Okay. Um, do you know? Do you know maps? Do you know how to how to read this? Yeah, do you know, do, do you know where we are? Uh, right, right there. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. And and uh, okay. This. I don't know. It's so dark. Uh, where would the sun come up? Sun would come up. No sun, mate. <sighs> Three days. No sun. Never seen anything like okay, it. But where would the sun come up? Where? Paul, have have you been stuck does... here on the island? Right. Yeah. Or. So you weren't part of the rescue? Well, no, not exactly. I was, uh, I was, I was joined up with the rescue. I was, I was just a local station guy and uh, grabbed some uh, grenades and shit that they had and uh, just been making my own way with my my partner Rick. I'm sorry, Uh-oh. I'm sorry, mate. We okay. saw that. Okay. He's my best man, you know. We didn't help at all. We didn't. We, we don't know what happened to him. That was crazy. That rock came out of nowhere. What? <laughs> what? Hmm. Right. So the marina. We think it's in that direction. Yeah. Uh, why don't we roll? See if he. See if he knows. Where I think also is. at this point the old woman who's rolling. Oh, yeah, who we roll? Uh, who wants to roll? Yeah, for that. We all have our hope die, so it's... Uh, you had the map. I'll, I'll roll. I've got the map. Yeah. We trust Eustace's rolls now. Yeah. Um, yeah, at this point, I think that the old woman um, is just, like, going full armadillo. Like, she's overwhelmed. She's just sort of sitting down and kind of, like, curling yeah, she's got like the She's hands. like, I'm out of the house, and I never thought I'd get out of the house, and now I don't know what to do with myself. Um, let's see. One six over here. One six. Any ones? Uh, no ones. Okay, great. Oh, man, we're really keeping this one alive. Where's the marina? 
I look and me and the me and uh, Paul, Paul, me and Paul orient the maps. We figure out what ways north, or like our best guess, and we see uh, a small cove, kind of on the like western side of the island. That doesn't seem too like it's the closest thing that could maybe have a cove or could maybe have like a marina. It's kind of this protected area. There's not anything marked anywhere. Like there aren't any markings on the map that say like marina or docks or any kind of like things that say this is more mostly like a topographical map. But we that's our like best guess, and we start making our way that way. I I show it to the woman. I'm like, does this? Okay, does this um, just just look right here? If we're we were here, right, right, and does this look right? Maybe that's it. Maybe she shakes her head. Yes. Okay. Let's let's go. Let's yeah, go. Let's get out of here. Come on. I'm letting Paul lead because he seems to, like have a better sense of direction. Yeah. You also notice Paul uh, has lost his assault rifle. He's rocking like a pistol on his hip and uh he still has another grenade you notice on his belt okay barbara is helping the old woman along um and she's kind of trying to basically use this as an excuse of like she's been surviving and thriving because she was able to barricade and stay in one place but all this running and motion is more than she's done in a long time and she's starting to get tired babs's or the woman's babs's And so she's using helping this woman as a, like a cover for her own exhaustion. Mm, mm. Going along. Okay, we're going. We're going. She's, you've got this girl. You're, you're, you're doing okay. You two are up back there. We're doing, we're doing fine. We just keep leading the way and, and we're getting along. All right. They're fine. They're fine. Here, yeah, let me help. Let me help. And I grab the other woman's arm and start walking just a little bit too fast for you guys like it kind of the line keeps like moving forward slightly as you guys sort of leave the neighborhood you you trek up sort of a rise like a hill of the topography as you're going towards and you sort of see like a little bit in the distance that there's maybe what what would have been a neighborhood pool um and you can hear like people kind of like screaming in the center of it and like a bunch of shadows just kind of like moving around the edge of the pool and like throwing things into the pool, but it's too far and there's too many of them for you to do anything. Good. Babs suddenly finds a little extra pep in her step upon seeing this horrifying or hearing this horrifying situation. All right, no, just be quiet, guys. Let's keep, let's go around it. Keep to the plan. I think we get to a road that leads to the marina and discover that it's gated. Mm. Uh, and so we're going to have to climb over the gate and, and recognize that if we climb over the gate and the like electric mechanic is working, it's going to be far too loud. So it's mm. up to everybody's going to have to climb up and over. Okay, great. Who first? Um, send Paul. All right. Paul <laughs> just scales the, <laughs> the fence, no problem. Does a little. All right. Uh, Greg, help me, help me out. Right. Give me a boost. I, I boost uh, Eustace up. All right, Grink, want to roll or does Eustace want to roll? I'll roll it. Yeah. Still have my, still have my hope die. Give us, give us one. I second. got. 
three sixes oh, and a one. Yeah. Wow. I got two sixes. Oh, there's one, one, and <clears throat> um, I'm going to let the one go. Okay. Rather than burn something. You kind of fault me. Oh, you give me a big boost, and I, whoa, oh, oh, shit, okay. And I grab onto it, um, trying to stay quiet. The whole thing kind of like shakes as I hit it, and I clamor over the tails of my uh, tuxedo are like <laughs> getting really torn up at this point. I fall over to the other side, and I look at Babs and I go, okay, Miss B, you next. All right, Grink, I'm going to have to step on your shoulders. Yeah, go ahead, man. Whatever okay. You, whatever you need. Ms. I B. got you. I got you. Just just don't step on my head, please. I'm going to try my best, Grink. Okay. Three sixes. Oh, shit. <sighs> No sixes and a one. I can't re-roll. Right, already, like I can't burn something. Right, you already did this scene, didn't you? Yeah. Yes, I did. I did. Um, oh, sorry, friends. Babs goes up to the fence, goes to give it her all, but her exhaustion is too much, and uh, she she kind of falls back down and rattles the fence as the scene ends. These things are true. The world is dark. Babs scraped her leg pretty bad on the fall down. The the noise of Bab like falling and, and she said scrape your leg. I scraped my leg, yeah. She yelled out a yelp and now they've heard us. And, and we, we are, are alive. alive. Bab's got a bad scrape. She's bandaged it up best she can, kind of band-aids. Got those, I still got those band-aids. Yeah. Um, Eustace is really trying to help her like, oh, no, no, Miss B, I, I got it, I got it, I got it. And he, he's tearing the band-aids open and trying to like pet. It's just like a giant scab <laughs> or a giant like cut scrape across the whole leg. I'm just like putting band-aids with like the sticky part on the wound. See, what you got to do is you got to make a lattice with the band-aids. Okay, like She's okay. trying to uh, focus on teaching you and not on the pain. And is putting a lot of effort into trying not to wince. You hear... As um, the gate starts to shake and you guys look down and you see that down this chain link fence that the gate is connected to, there are like shadows crawling along either side of it um, coming towards you. You just get back over the fence. Or I guess you were... So you oh, couldn't yeah, have been helping with band-aids. Paul, we'll say Paul, very good at jumping this fence, hops back over and like bandages you up and then is like, all right, climb aboard. Throws you on his back. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> Paul, be careful with it. Just get, okay, oh, careful. this is not something that I like. This is so no. When you guys all are on the other side, the, the old woman sort of backs away from the fence and looks at you and is like shaking her head side to side. Wide eye. You you're not gonna you're not gonna come. Shakes her head no. And Barbara puts a hand on her shoulder and says, "From one broad to another, we appreciate your help." She bows her head, um, and she slowly walks back about ten or fifteen feet, and uh, and pulls a nice uh, quiet place. Scream, just a blood curdling scream, in order to attract all the 
monsters towards her. What the fuck? We're still here. Shh, 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 just, just go. Uh, she looks at she looks at Babs it. and says, "Go." And as soon as she does, Babs slaps Paul on the ass like a horse. <laughs> says, "Giddy up!" Woo! What the fuck is wrong? Just go. Just go. Don't think about it. Just go. 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 Yeah, let, we stop. Yeah, let's start running. I think we just take off uh, on the road, paying no attention to the direction that we're going in, um, and and just run until you, till you guys uh, get exhausted. As you guys sort of move away, you hear like the louder start to surround her, and you swear that like underneath it, you just hear like maybe a little old lady laugh <laughs> as they as they approach. Off in the distance, we can see, um, we just see like darkness that kind of, you know, the, the trees kind of part at a certain point and you just see like flat expanse and we can start to smell a bit of the ocean mm. as we kind of move forward. Like, Guys, oh my God. Okay, keep going. I think we, I think we found it. Um, you can hear some of like the splash of the waves and stuff and uh, I don't know, do I have to roll for this? Uh, yeah, what, what else are you trying to see? Let's roll. It sounds like you're trying to see a lot of good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to see a lot of good stuff. <laughs> what a DM thing to say. <laughs> uh, one six over here. I've got one six and then one five for my hope die. Well, okay. Okay. Um, so I'm still in it. Um, so you see some good stuff. We start running. Uh, we keep running. And I see the kind of like black expanse. Uh, not seeing any trees or any like shapes of things and you start to smell a little bit of the ocean and all of a sudden I hear we hear the lapping of waves and that really telltale sound of boats hitting against docks and the kind of like bells on top ding 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 and I just turn back to you guys the wave oh my god come on 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 and we keep running forward until we see a marina with 50 or 60 different boats. A lot of boats. That's too many boats. A lot of boats. Too many boats. Is there like a brand on the key or something? Uh, it's just an anchor. Fuck. You guys also look out at these boats, um, and you see the big, like, masts. Several people have sailboats. There's a lot of, like, motorboats and yachts as well, but you see that, like, from the top of the mast, you see the, like, shadowy figures, like, jumping between them kind of like they were in the trees when you were in the woods. Oh, shit. The good oh. news is I feel like a key is a motorboat. Key feels like a motorboat, so let's start there. Um, I would think some, like, there's probably, uh, like, register or something. I don't know what we'd even look for, but there is a, uh, Paul is like, yeah, there's an office, uh, right over there. Looks like. I mean, I let's look through, see if we can at least narrow it down. I don't know. Does anyone, does anyone remember the street we were on or like the guy's address? Yeah, it was Fire Street. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, wow. that wasn't it. Oh yeah, my no, bad. no, Greg. I think I think you just got overzealous with the fire. I was gonna say yeah. really ironic. <laughs> All right, we did, let's go. Let's go. Go in. Barbara's starting to get a little panicky, a little impatient. So she kind of like again nudges Paul uh, to be like, "Giddy up! This is the direction we're going." <laughs> Guiding him 
uh, in Headed the, towards office. the office. Yeah. Okay. Is the door unlocked? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Let's roll. <laughs> okay. All right. I got no sixes and one one. Can you burn anything? Uh, yes. I can. You can do a reroll? Are you on your... Oh, no, you're still on your trait? Uh, yes. I'm still on my trait. So you can reroll that one one? Yes, so I, ca- I can. And and I'm burning my vice, which is careless. And I think in this instance, it's Barbara's starting to, to feel nervous and panic. And so she just goes over and is like not trying to be quiet, like, busting mm. through that door. All right. Let's re-roll that one. And hope. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Four. So it's not a one. But it's not a six. Babs throws all her weight into the door, but it won't budge. It seems like it must have been barricaded from the inside. With that, the scene ends. These things are true. The world is dark. Not important. Didn't die in the fire. And we are alive. You guys are in the marina. Babs sort of turns to you and and says, there's no way we're, we're getting in this way. You're here just in the distance, the distance. As they jump from mast to mast, seem to be just having a good time out there. Playing a little game. I think we just got to go try the first boat. And if it's not the first boat, we go try the second boat. Process of elimination. Sometimes that's a good way to take tests. Okay. Yeah. 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 We don't have another choice at this point. It looks like, okay, it looks like over there there's like a row of just motorboats. Let's start there, at least. I think there's four, there's four or five in a row right next to each other. They're smaller. It doesn't look like there are any masts to jump on. So like, we'll start the safest place and then we'll go over by the like, the three masted shooters and stuff. Yeah, let's just do that. I start to head over towards the docks with like a row of uh, motorboats and I slowly... Uh, climb onto the the wooden dock and it's kind of like bobbing in the mm. in the ocean and I take my steps as slowly as I can the wood is a little old and it's creaking under each of my feet I see the first boat uh, it's this really nice looking motorboat seems to go out all the time tied up and I slowly step my foot in and find where the, the key mechanism is where the engine is and I turn the key Got a one no. and no sixes. What are you on? Your trait? I'm on my trait. Uh, I'm going to burn my vice. To re-roll the one? To try to re-roll the one. My vice is petty. I look around and as I'm about to turn the key, I see how nice the boat is. And I think about Steven 
And I'm like, this is the kind of boat fucking Steven would have. And I realized this probably isn't the guy's boat. Mm. It's like too nice. It's too new. Mm -hmm. Um, And I see next to it, there's another boat that seems a little more worn in. Seems like it's actually used and just looks like old and decrepit. And I'm like, you know what? Let's start. Let's start there. And I burn my pettiness. Hoping that it saves us. And you used your hope die? I did use my hope die. Oh no. Is the one your hope die? No. It's a four. <laughs> so now your brink is showing, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like you can only use more one trait, but if your brink is revealed, I would say that you could re-roll the whole pot if you want to succumb to your brink. Is Eustace on the brink, Brian? While he's on the drink? Um, I think Eustace turns the key and it doesn't work. Um, turns the key. It doesn't even turn. It just kind of clacks. Shit, shit, shit. Pulls it out and starts looking around and is about to go back to the boat that he just saw and looks across and sees another boat. Another, like, kind of worn down beater that clearly is, like, doing work every day. Someone's fishing on it. There's a lot of gear in the back, a lot of weird looking hooks and craws and things, and who knows what they're used for. But it has the same anchor symbol as was dangling from the key. Eustace looks back and sees the gang kind of huddled, watching him do this. He is, in a moment, going to burn his brink. Well, you don't burn it unless you fail. He's going to roll his brink. Um, so do you rev- you roll and then... And explain what how did, what is your brink? Uh, <laughs> my brink is, I have seen you steal what is dear to others out of what you've perceived to be a slights against you from your companions. Mm. Eustace sees where the boat is. He's pretty confident that it's the right boat. But he also sees that there are some of them beginning to get in between him and the rest of his companions. Mm -hmm. He sees the boat. He sees being cut off. And he goes to turn the key anyway. Mm. Um, Planning to ride off into the sunset. Rolling, so to speak. It's a five on my hope die and a six. Okay, great. (laughs) Um, So I still have my brink. I turn the key. I feel the engine turn over. It takes it. The engine turns on and all of a sudden they all around me, I see eyes from a bunch of different masts and I fuddle with the controls and I pull on one of the lever guys uh, and I push it for I push the throttle forward. I don't even know what they are. I'm just grabbing things. I've seen it in the movie. Okay, this looks like a thing. I push it forward, and the boat <laughs> launches forward, and then catches against the anchor still tied to the docks, and the boat like flips up and nearly tosses me off. I fall backwards, um, and you guys see me. Uh, the boat at like a 45 degree angle. Its motor on full. Me trying desperately to undo the 
to undo the the mooring from the the dock. And where are you guys? Are you are they on the boat with you? Uh, they were further I back. Think we were by, trying. Like, the front we're of the we're dock. holding oh, okay. back on the dock, trying not to like draw too much attention. Okay, you see that seemingly he's found the boat, but he's moored. He's stuck. Well, we got it. We got to go untie the boat from the dock. Is he trying to leave us? I, I think he's just getting it warmed up. It's Eustace wouldn't. Eustace wouldn't, wouldn't leave us. Eustace wouldn't do that. Eustace is trying to undo the knot, but because it's getting pulled, it's just making the knot tighter and tighter. And he sees the eyes getting f- f- jumping from mass to mass and getting closer and closer. Are they now in between us and the boat? Um, they're staying high. You could you could run to the boat. I think um, Barbara yeah, is is she also she's like freaked out by depending on Paul and so like jumps down and is trying to like hobble run over with the, and she can see what's happening with the rope so wants to use her her champagne shift uh, to try to cut at the rope. Is it the rope or the anchor? Uh, it's, the, it's like it's the, the rope yeah, mooring, okay. or t- okay. like to the dock. So um, she's like hobble. So she's running. trying to she's trying to run and cut the rope, and uh, so you and Grink can jump on. Yes. We got no sixes and no ones. Are you on your brink? You got on your brink. I'm on my brink. Do you want to re-roll? Yeah, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> What's your brink? So my brink, I have seen you lose control and be willing to put those around you in danger to save yourself. So yeah, Bar- Barb's just, she doesn't care about noise or, or anything anymore, like when she's crashing into the door and it's just running to, to like go and, and uh, shiv this rope. One was my hope die. This is fun. Babs, uh, <laughs> Babs and Grink sprint. I have uh, to burn. Oh, you brink. have to burn your brink. Yeah, carefully. Oh, no. Babs and Grink sprint over to where Eustace is is t- trying to untie, and Babs is trying to. Saw- oh, wait, sorry, I only got one one. It was my hope die. The other one was a four. I just couldn't read it in the dark. That's okay. Four is still not a success. Okay, cool, cool. Good. Just wanted Um, to be clear about how I failed. Yeah, you just failed a little differently. Yes, Um, yes, yes, yes. Failed upward. Babs, Babs, as (laughs) she's cutting this, um, uh, Grink comes up and runs behind you and, and like, to try and help. But in your, like, careless extreme effort, I'm going to say you knock Grink off the dock into the freezing cold water. Uh, even though you're in the tropics, for some reason the water is well, now that it's gone freezing dark. cold. Yes, Boy, exactly. It's cold now. That will end our second to last scene. These things are true. The world is dark. And we, and we are, are alive. alive. Only difference with this final round is that every failed roll is your character's death. And you get a chance to narrate how your character dies. Um, I need another die from there. So you're going to be rolling with one dice. We can still use our hope dice though, right? You can still use your hope dice unless they are a one on a brink re-roll, I believe. So I lost my die. 
my hope dice yes. because I did roll a one yeah, and I was yeah. using and my it was brink. On the brink. Okay, yeah. so. so you lost your hope die. Yeah. Grink. You go to help Abs and then you just find yourself all of a sudden in a rush of cold water as you fall kind of between the boat and the dock. Grink can't swim. Uh, I think Paul is also still here with us. And yeah, Paul has actually come to the middle of the dock and is just like single pistol firing, firing up around. Yeah. Uh, I'm calling for help at this point. Eustace can't hear you over the sound of the engine just being gunned and the water just flying back, hitting uh, Miss B in the Yeah, face. the water is also like churning around you and this motor just like... That is a... Okay, I should... I'm gonna... Um... <laughs> That's no sixes and no ones. I guess I'll use my brink. I have seen you sacrifice a friend to save yourself. Paul does end up like hearing my cries for help, uh, stops firing for a moment to come over and like reaches his hand to grab mine. And uh, we'll see what happens after I re-roll this. Oh my god. <sighs> the rushing water is like filling your ears every time you pop back up, you hear and then just the what's the a what's a chicken on this thing that's a six <sighs> alright what happens saved uh, by the chicken saved by the chicken Paul reaches his hand out uh, to to pick me up and I, I I get picked up and as I'm getting pulled out of the water something grabs me from below and pulls me back in and as I'm going down I pull Paul in and underwater uh, I open my eyes and I see these things coming from below the water to get us both and Paul with his pistol starts firing down below and I use this moment to kind of kick him down to push myself up and climb out of the water and these things grab Paul and I look back into the water, and all I see is blood rising to the top. Oh my god. Babs, you're still trying to cut this rope. Um, they're flooding the boats around the area, and now you see, um, you look into the water, and you see the blood. Grink has popped back up, um, and then you see shadows moving in the water as well. Babs has gone back into full panic crazy. She realizes what, that she must have bumped Grink and doesn't understand how he's there and there's blood everywhere and she's she feels all at once guilty and terrified and and is this, there's still that teacher instinct of like Eustace is a young man I need to be there for him and, and so I think she uh while Babs is thinking, one of them runs up out of the dock and grabs onto her and pulls her an inch away. And Babs, for a moment, sees the true horror of this visage as it begins to try to like suck your moisture out. I think she, that instinct of like protection combined with guilt kicks in and she starts 
blowing her whistle, both in an attempt to try to freak out the thing that's holding her, but also to try to draw the attention of the rest of them to perhaps give you guys a brief moment to get away. So you're just rolling one? Mm-hmm. It's a three. How, how does Babs meet her end? <sighs> she starts blowing on the whistle and for the briefest moment they who have grabbed her this is not a normal scream which they are used to hearing so it does take a brief moment to jump back before recognizing that this is nothing that it can't handle and comes forward to fully devour and desiccate her and she continues to blow on the whistle for as long as she possibly can again hoping and willing that it's giving the two of you some kind of escape and in her final moment all she sees is darkness Eustace um, as you're trying to untie you look up and you see one of these things has grabbed Babs and lifted her up and this thing seems like it's kind of hulking in a bigger way and you watch as her silhouette shrinks in size and then like her top half just folds over and you see the last like horrifying visage of your companion as you're trying to escape I turn around when I hear the whistle and I have to watch the entirety of this happening I see that I register it, and everything else just kind of fades away. I don't see Grink. I don't notice that Paul isn't there. I don't see anything else around. I just grab onto the one shift that I have left, and I try to cut the rope that is tethering me to the docks. As you're doing that, you feel behind you just like <laughs> landing on the boat behind you. Um, give me a roll. Two threes, so I'm gonna try to burn my brink. Or no, don't you burn it if you brink. fail. Yeah. Um, that is a two and a three. <sighs> uh, burn that for me. to do and then how does um, useless meet his end I run back and go to cut the rope with the, the champagne shiv I hear the thump thump land on the front of the boat and as I spin around to look at them my shoes which were shitty dress shoes that I've had since I was 18 with no traction at all hit a wet spot, I fly overboard and land in the cold water. 
and I try to swim up and I immediately feel hands grabbing onto my chest and onto my legs and they spin me around so that the last thing I end up seeing is two red dots staring at me and all I feel is cold. Grink, you um, watch this happen to Babs. Her body snaps and then just gets tossed aside on the deck. You watch Eustace go underwater, and then after a while, you just see kind of a small, like, pile of clothes. And, like, the water turns red again, but you see that kind of, like, float to the surface. They're covering the boat at this point. There's no, The boat is still full speed trying to get away. They're bounced around the mast. So your ears are pierced with. You also see Paul's belt is on the deck. I, I I grab Paul's belt and like in the moment of them like flocking to the boat and and Barb's and uh, Eustace, I like run over to like uh, like a, a a bigger like yacht type boat. Um, and kind of like try and hide in there while like all the commotion is happening. Um, and I'm like looking for maybe like a key that they left in the boat to maybe start a new boat. Yeah. Nope. That's a two. That is a. Four. All right, we're going to use the brink. Uh, whatever, we'll see. That's a, that's a one on the hoped ice. Oh, God. That's a three. Oh. You don't find keys. What does... Uh what does um, Grink find on the other boat? As Grink is searching for the keys below deck, uh, he hears footsteps come down the stairs. And he sees a charred body of not important holding the shotgun that Grink dropped on deck. And not important, looks at Grink and says, Thanks for cooking my meal before. I was real hungry. And I still am. And he points the gun at Grink. And Grink stares back as the tear streams down his eye. He goes... I guess I'm not making your birthday this year. And takes the grenade off of Paul's belt. Rips the the trigger off. Falls to his knees. And the boat explodes. These things are true. The world is dark. I should have just stayed home. Um, 
this what this job wasn't great to start and it's really weird here now and uh i'm trying to i'm trying to call you uh, i've tried like five or six times the past like hour so i am trying i promise um someone found this tape recorder and we were going to pass it around and i don't know it seems really end of the worldy to me but i figured you know just in case why not um you know uh tell dad i'm okay uh, he was right. I should have worn the better shoes. Um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll come find you guys. We're about to find some place on the northern Ireland, the northern island, um, and hopefully, kind of make our way back. So, um, if you guys hear this, that's where I went. All right, love you. Hey, uh, Shay. This is your pa. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to make it to your birthday this year. Uh, just, know, just know I love you. Tell, you. tell your mom I'm sorry. I don't know if you'll ever hear this, but... I miss you. I'm scared. I don't know what's happening. I'm with two... Idiots. But we're gonna go to. I think they said Northern Ireland. Not entirely sure, but I'll get out of here. I think maybe. Either way, take care of yourself. Take care of your little brother. Maybe I should have said something to him. Shit. I love you both. Barbara Buford, Miss B, to all my students. Out there, I know that you are all very tough, you are smart, you are capable. And so if anyone else is out there surviving, just know that you you know you are, you are a good student. You know how to survive and put yourself out there and go for it. And I believe in you and Miss B is cheering for you. Whether or not I am actually there to cheer for you. And to my birds. Can't believe I left you in the care of freaking Dave. I promise I am working my best to get back to you, my sweeties. And, um, maybe if he let you out of your cages and you flew off, that wouldn't be the worst thing. Here's hoping you're flying to freedom. I love you. And that's all for this episode of My First Dungeon, Ten Candles. Thank you so much for joining us. It feels incredibly weird to go around and ask people where to find you. Uh, you can find me on my bathroom floor for the rest of the night. <laughs> you, you can find me cuddling my cats 
for the rest of the show forever? You can find me on the bathroom floor crying with Elliot. (laughs) And as ever, you can find me here. These things are true. The world is dark. And remember, if you're having fun, you're already doing it right. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks, everyone. If you're hearing this, that means you have listened to every last second of this episode, and that probably makes you a fan of this show. Well, if you're a fan and you like what we're doing and want to help others find it as well, then consider leaving us a five-star review over on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Getting more ratings really does help more people find the show, and reading your nice words about the things that we put out into the world makes us feel all warm and good inside, and we want more of those good, good feels. So head on over to your podcast player of choice and leave us a five-star review. Thanks.